I'm just going to press record and we can record a little bit and then we can start actually talking. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, welcome to, hold on, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not welcome yet. We got to delete these things. Ah! Otherwise they might start playing and then we might be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just see what happens. Okay. It's going to start playing. Oh, yeah. Oh, look, it's our intro song. <laughs> Does that mean we need to start? (laughs) Hi. Hello, friends. Welcome back. Yeah, we're... On episode two of the Beer This Podcast. Yeah, and it's the most wonderful time for the beer. The most wonderful time for the beer. Mm -hmm. We are your hosts. My name is Amanda. And I'm Amy. Thank you so much to all of you for listening to episode one of Beer This. Amanda and I are really excited to be making a podcast finally. We've been talking about it for over a year. Definitely. We are so excited. We're so excited to see how many of you listened to episode one. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts Mm -hmm. for taking time out of your day to listen to us chat about beer and the Denver beer scene. Yeah, we appreciate you. And we're excited to continue. Definitely. And one thing we really want to incorporate in our episodes is what's going on in the world of beer. In the Denver beer scene. Mm-hmm. And, and the world. And but, the world. But, you know, if we can center it around Denver, I think we'll try. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, you know, with most of the topics on our podcast, if you have a bit of news in your town, in your state, that centers around beer or breweries... Let us know, because we would definitely like to feature it. Well, without further ado, let's talk about Denver news. Yeah. What, uh, what's happening in the world of beer these days? There's a lot happening in the world of beer these days, especially in Denver. Honestly, we're seeing the death or saying goodbye to a few breweries this month, which is kind of sad, actually. Yeah. Not not for good. These not, Neither of these breweries are going out of business, but they are closing their Denver tap houses. The first one being Epic Brewery, which is really sad. It's really sad. Yeah. I love Epic. Me too. We actually, well, we've done this a couple of times. Essentially, we go on a beer hike or a brewery hike and... A brew hike, if you will. A brew hike, if you will. Yeah. Yes. And uh, there's a spot in Denver called Rhino. The River North District is what Rhino stands for. And it's kind of known for having a lot of craft breweries in one central area. And so we would make Epic a frequent stop on our brew hikes. Yeah, and it's, yeah, so they're closing their tap room. It sounds like they may open a smaller space here at some point. There's a Denver Post article Mm -hmm. interviewing one of the owners there 
and they said that they may at some point open a new smaller tap room but as of right now they'll be closing down their tap room they so epic is based in salt lake city utah and they will still be distributing i think they still have some tap rooms in salt lake city they're just closing their denver location Mm -hmm. the other one that is closing another stop on our brew hikes is 10 barrel yeah it's also a bummer it's a huge bummer. I really love, they had some really good food mm-hmm. along with their beer and their cucumber sour is one of my favorite sours. Yes. And actually one of my favorite beers because I like the unique, the fact that it is a sour, but it's not like super sweet. Absolutely. That's definitely one of those really good like summer lake beers <gasps> yeah. or just kind of a day drinking type of beer mm-hmm. out in the sunshine. They actually had like a full, I think they had a 12 pack of four different kinds of sours. They may still actually distribute that. I haven't seen it in a while, but all of those sours are so good. Mm-hmm. The raspberry one, really good. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah. 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 They, they were a really great spot and I think they've actually already closed. So I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. We went to dinner down in the Rhino area, which 10 barrel is located in that area in Denver and we went down there for dinner a couple of days ago and we were going to go to a brewery beforehand so I was looking up breweries near the spot we were going to for dinner and they said permanently closed on 10 barrel so I think that spot is already closed I think epic is supposed to stay open until the end of the year but after that yeah no more no more yeah so that is quite a bummer. Uh, Ten Barrel is out of Bend, Oregon, and they still—I mean, they're like I said, neither of these breweries are going out of business. Just closing their large tap houses in Denver. So we will be sad to see them go. And I guess our normal brew hike route is going to have to change. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what businesses take over those locations. Mm-hmm. They're both really big tap houses, so hopefully yeah. it'll be another brewery. Oh, that would be great, and. It's kind of crazy because those were two of the larger breweries in Rhino, but hopefully that means that, like, hopefully it doesn't mean that the other breweries are impacted. I mean, I know it's been a crazy couple of years with COVID, and yeah. so I mean, I'm, I'm sure they have been impacted the last couple of years, but hopefully they're still rolling strong. Rhino is a really cool area. Yeah, um, it's very trendy. Yeah. Lots of like fun restaurants. Lots of hip businesses, clothing mm-hmm. brands, that kind of thing, and places to go out and just like enjoy the culture yeah. of Denver. Yeah, yeah, and and because it's trendy, leasing has skyrocketed. Don't have exact numbers in front of me, but that could be something we talk about on a future episode: is the impact that that's had on those smaller businesses and what the future of Rhino looks like for. As Denver and Colorado natives. Yeah, and the beer scene down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And if you are visiting Denver, highly recommend you check out Rhino for some breweries if you're looking to hit some breweries while you're here because there's a lot in that central area. So yeah. you can knock out a few without having to travel very far. And you can walk between them and there's lots of places to stay down there. There's also a lot of public transportation down there as well. So it's definitely a good place to check out if you've never been to Denver and you're hoping to check out some of the cooler spots. Yeah. There was another thing that happened recently that kind of involves, in a small way, involves a brewery that happened. Also very sad. 
very, very sad, the situation that happened down in Colorado Springs. I'm sure most of you have heard of it, but the shooting that happened at Club Q, which is a LGBTQ bar down in Colorado Springs. Oh, I don't even know yeah. how to start talking about that. Our hearts go out to the LGBTQ community and to any of the families that were involved and any of the people that were impacted. It's, it's hard. It's hard that that mm-hmm. is something that we, I mean, not that we deal with in the modern age. That's been a thing forever, but it seems like more and more there just seem to be more shootings going on. really hits home when it's in your backyard, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And such a hateful, hateful thing. I mean, of course, any shooting is, is horrible and tragic, but it's just, it sucks that particular group of people are targeted like that. That's and terrible. Yeah. We are a podcast that loves everyone and accepts everyone. And yeah, like Amanda said, our hearts go out to all of members of LGBTQ community and uh, anybody that was impacted by the shooting. Now, you may be asking yourselves how that relates to beer and the Denver beer scene. The shooter was disarmed by two patrons of the bar. One of them is a army veteran named Richard Fierro. He helped disarm the Club Q gunman. And he and his wife are actually the, the owners of a brewery down in Colorado Springs. That brewery is called Atrevita, Atrevita, mm-hmm. Atrevita. I think Atrevita. Atrevita Brewery. And something that's kind of cool is that a lot of people are supporting Atrevita Brewery, even from afar, by buying all of their merch. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, a brewery that I have not been to yet. Me either. Yeah, and I definitely plan on checking it out. We should check it out. We should check it out. But... Yeah, I mean, just very courageous. I saw in an article that he said, you know, I'm not a hero, but because of his actions that night, I actually heard that it was him and a drag queen that took down the shooter, um, which is, I mean, obviously that's, I would say those are heroic actions. Absolutely. So. And their actions probably saved a lot of people that were still in the club Mm -hmm. while law enforcement was arriving. Yeah. 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 So if you're down in Colorado Springs and can check out Atrevita Brewing, definitely give it a try. And we'll be heading down there soon ourselves. Absolutely. And if you want to support them from afar, if it has not already sold out, we will post a link to their website Mm -hmm. uh, in the podcast notes and then also on our Instagram. And go ahead and check them out and maybe pick up some merch to support them and and so because we are a a new podcast we're still kind of figuring out the structure of our show and what we kind of want to talk about specifically in addition to you know our topic of the week and so one thing we wanted to chat about is a beer that we've had recently that we really enjoy like a new new try so one that I had this past week that I really loved. It was a new brewery and it was also a new beer for me. And I apologize if I pronounce this incorrectly. It was from Ricey's Brewing, which is located next to Mile High Stadium or I guess Empower Field. But if you're from Colorado, if you're a Broncos fan, it's Mile High Stadium. And they are fantastic. We got a flight and can honestly say that I enjoyed every single beer that we had. That's awesome. The one I wasn't as 
into, but that's not, it does not have to do with the brewery. It's just, I'm not as big of a fan of barley wine. Yeah. So definitely an acquired taste. It's an acquired taste, but one really stuck out to me. It was called the cosecha, which means harvest in Spanish. Oh, cool. And it was an imperial chili beer. Yum. And it was so good. It was so good. It was not super spicy and it had pineapple puree in it. So it was kind of this nice like little kick, but kind of fruity as well, but not overly fruity and not overly spicy. Yeah, so that sounds really delicious. It was so good. I'm pretty sure it was like 10.2%. Yeah, so thick. I think <laughs> it's thick yeah. and it could really um, sneak up on you. I believe it. But that was one that I was really into this last week and I'm going back for more. So shout out to Racy's Brewing. You guys are doing an amazing job. And that cosecha was so good. But Amanda, what have you had a, a beer that you really enjoy this last week? Yeah, so maybe not this last week, but definitely in the last couple of weeks, I've had a couple of beers that I think would be worth shouting out. One of them was a couple of weeks ago, our dearest friend got married and because of wedding festivities, had a little bit of free time down in the springs and were able to go to a place called Local Relic, which is a really cool brewery down in Colorado Springs. Amy introduced me to it. Um, It's an old church, which Mm -hmm. is so cool. And they, don't they do like small batch brewing? So like no, like basically every batch of beer is really small and they basically never brew a beer twice yep yeah Yeah. it's so super unique but that is correct that they do these small batches and they never repeat that's so cool which all the ideas yes all the ideas all the ideas (laughs) and they had a lot of really cool options on the menu but the one that i was most impressed with which was actually really surprising was a smoked yerba saison. Mm. Now, I'm not usually a big fan of saisons. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why. I just, this is definitely not, like, I'm not like a sommelier or something for beer. <laughs> I wouldn't claim to be an expert. And I don't really think that using the phrase wet is a good way to describe <laughs> a beer because clearly it is liquid. It is wet. But I just, I feel like saisons tend to taste just a little like almost watered down would maybe be what I'm trying to get at when I say wet. Yeah. Not as heavily flavored. They're a little bit more watered down, I think is probably the appropriate way to say that. I was surprised that you picked that one actually. So I did not pick that one. I actually asked. So I, I asked the bartender to pick one for me mm-hmm. and he asked if there were any beers I don't like and I specifically said saisons and I think to challenge me mm. he picked out this smoked yerba saison and it was so good and so full of flavor and just like very smoky in the most interesting way mm-hmm. it was so good and then a couple of days later I went to Resolute Brewing here in, I think it's in Centennial, technically. Yep. Off of Yosemite. Yeah, in Centennial off of Yosemite. And then they also have a location in Arvada, oh, I believe. I yeah. Know that. yeah. Mm-hmm. They are a really cool brewery. They always have good beer. But I had their electric lettuce IPA, and it was so good. Oh, which, 
And that's also just a really cool name. It is a really cool name. Yeah. They have a lot of really fun names as well. They had a, I think it's like the last dinosaur standing IPA that I had a little pour of, but I, I think I liked the electric lettuce a little bit better. It definitely was a standout beer in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I want to try that. I, I don't think I've had the electric lettuce, so. You should try it. I yeah. think it's been on the menu for a while too, because I feel like I... I don't go to Resolute that often, but I would say that's a brewery that I've been to a few times. Mm -hmm. And I think I've had the electric lettuce a couple of times in the last year. So next time you're there, you should try it. Yeah. Yeah. I want all my lettuce to be electric. Me too. That would be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, kind of a segue into what we're going to be talking about this week. We're going to start with the beer that we are drinking, which is, I will give you guys a hint, the beer is the Christmas ale. So that means that we can only be talking about Breckenridge Brewery. So the Christmas ale is described as a malty, full-bodied winter warmer. I would agree with that. I would too. Yeah, Yeah. it's, if you like some darker ales that have kind of a chocolatey, caramel taste to them, a little spicy, this is definitely the beer for you. It actually notes that it has notes of chocolate and caramel. (laughs) Chocolate and caramel notes. Lots of notes. And it's made with uh, Chinook and Mount Hood hops. So Chinook, when I looked at that, it's more of a fruity, piney, and and spicy hop. And Mount Hood is more of that floral and spicy. So yeah, you definitely get the spicy element from it. I mean, this is a, you're sitting by the fire you're maybe reading a nice book or watching a movie. Maybe you're reading a book and watching a movie and playing Candy Crush on your phone. And drinking a beer. Yeah. The Christmas ale. Kind of stepping back to, or going back to the hops, if there are any brewers out there that are listening and want to chime in about the hops they like to use or any, anything re- regarding hops, I mean, we would be interested to, to hear about it. Because we're beer lovers, but we... We never studied brewing. And even though we have a general understanding of how the brewing process works, we are by no means experts. Yes. And we would love to hear from the experts. We're hoping to get to a place where we are interviewing experts and getting the real details. Well, with the Christmas ale, it is 7.1% ABV which I'm sure all of you have seen ABV and it stands for alcohol by volume just to throw a little definition at you and it is 22 IBU and IBU stands for international bitterness unit so if you're going to have an IPA especially a double IPA or a triple IPA that international bitterness unit is going to be closer to 100. The rating of a 22 IBU means that this beer is not too bitter. Yeah. I mean, it's got a little content to it, but not. Yeah, I wouldn't say bitter. So that is just kind of a good thing to look for. So if you know you don't like beer that is bitter, you want to be looking for those lower. Lower IBUs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like something a little bit lighter as well. But I think that there is a market for that for sure. And yeah, I'll do some research and see what beers have over a 100 bitterness unit because I'm curious. Yeah, maybe if 
there's one that we can get our hands on, we could do a live taste test or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or maybe we can just suck on a hop for... Yeah, I think my neighbor <laughs> actually grows them. So, oh, cool. Yeah, okay. I've seen them on their, their fence. That's actually something for you gardeners out there. Has anybody, have any of our listeners grown hops? Yeah. Because that's something that I would like to try. I would be surprised if hops don't grow at least like decently well here. Yeah. Maybe they don't thrive here, but... Yeah. I'm curious. We'll see. I'll do some research. I'll report back. Maybe Love I'll it. grow hops this summer and we'll tell you about it. Yeah. Who's to say? Who's to say? Something else that's kind of fun about the Christmas ale is that it comes in five liter mini kegs, which is super fun for Christmas parties, holiday parties. It's just kind of a good option to have a larger amount of beer to share with everyone. So that's fun. The Christmas sale typically comes in a glass bottle. I actually don't think they sell it in a can. I have never seen it in a can. Yeah, which... I I wonder if that has something to do with the flavor, because I do know that sometimes some Mm. breweries will bottle versus can based on flavor, but it could also have something to do with the way that they sell their beer as well. Mm -hmm. I'm not totally sure. Yeah, yeah, it could... I think the flavor is probably a really good call out. Like, it just has a better flavor in the glass bottle well we're now at the brewery of the hour we are (laughs) pause for effect pause for effect beer clinking ding maybe a little yeah action (laughs) (laughs) so breckenridge brewery Mm -hmm. the brewers of the christmas ale yeah how long have they been around So I'm going to take you back to a simpler time, Uh, 32 years ago. (laughs) They opened in 1990 in the ski town of Breckenridge by Richard Squire. And Breckenridge is a really cool town. It's, you know, if you're a skier or a snowboarder, it's a lot of fun. Even if you're not a skier or a snowboarder, I feel like it's just a really cute mountain town with lots of shops and different things to do. There's an adventure park not very far away. Do you have any... So Amanda's a skier. I'm trying to be a skier. I, while I am a Denver, Colorado native, I've only skied once in my entire life. So I'm actually going to take some lessons this year. So if anybody has tips, let me know. But Amanda, do you have any like comments or things you kind of want to shout out about Breckenridge as a, as a town? Oh, Breckenridge. Breckenridge is, it's a great little town. Um, Honestly, up until a few years ago, I think I had only ever skied at Breckenridge Mountain. I don't think I'd ever really spent that much time in the town specifically. Okay. And I had like hiked around and that kind of thing. Uh, Breckenridge is a really great mountain to ski at. There's lots of variation in terrain. So Mm. whether you're a beginner or, or more advanced skier, you can find whatever type of terrain that you want. Mm-hmm. And it's also a really big mountain, so it's easy to kind of get away from the crowds. Just, I mean, I guess it depends on the type of terrain you're trying to ski. Obviously, the beginner area areas are closer to the base, mm-hmm. so the base is going to be a little more crowded. But if you're venturing to more challenging terrain, like the blues or the blacks or double blacks, they tend to be a little less crowded. But yeah, I had never really spent that much time in the town until I 
think the last like few years I've started to spend a little bit more time there. Last, was it last summer? It was the summer of COVID that we camped at Dillon Reservoir, which Mm -hmm. is not in Breckenridge, but is really close by in Dillon. And while we were there, we went to a couple breweries in Breckenridge and we did a hike over there. We also went there for Lindsay's bachelorette party earlier this summer and that was really fun Mm -hmm. we just kind of walked around town and honestly Breckenridge town is like very cute just just your classic mountain town Mm -hmm. like one two streets of local shops souvenir shops good places to eat that kind of thing oh yeah it's very insta worthy absolutely whatever the kids are doing these days yeah 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 absolutely yeah it's it's super fun on our camping trip, we went to Breckenridge Brewery. That was one of the breweries yes. we had. That along with Broken Compass, yep. which is another brewery in Breckenridge. And I believe Highside Brewing, which is located in Frisco. And Frisco is right next to Breckenridge. Yep. So they've got some really... It's, it's got kind of like a pub vibe. Yeah. And when I was researching their initial idea was yeah this this kind of you know we are skiers snowboarders that love beer and so it's kind of this chill ski atmosphere but they knew that they wanted to do something a little bit bigger with it so they opened in 1990 in 1991 Todd Ursery who is now the president of Breckenridge Brewery had this idea to open a second brew pub in Denver, which they ultimately completed in 1992. And then in 1996, they closed that location and they moved to Calamath Street, which is still in Denver, Colorado. And they brewed there for 19 years. So awesome. So very successful, bringing a little piece of the mountains down to Denver. And from that, they opened the farmhouse location, which is located in Littleton, Colorado in 2015. And just to give you a little context, that location is on 12 acres. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. They have a 100 barrel brew house. They have a dedicated tour staff. It's a very large operation. It's interesting because it's this huge operation, but it also feels like you're on a farm in the middle of the city. Definitely. Yeah. It's very unique. They have not only the beer, but they have the farmhouse food. I think they have, you know, a master chef or some kind of chef. Some Um, kind of chef making some kind of food. Yeah. he's Farmhouse food. Yeah. Yeah. He's whipping it up. Um, Or she. I don't know. Whoever is whipping it up. They are whipping it up. They are whipping it up. Farmhouse is really great. It's got this really just warm, inviting atmosphere. I... I feel like it's almost a little bit homey. I agree. Yeah, you you go in there and there's this huge fireplace and it's just comfortable. And during the summer, they have a huge outdoor space. It backs right up to the South Platte Trail. Yeah, the South Platte River Trail. Thank you. I always get that mixed with the Highline Canal. Yeah, very Um, very similar. I mean, the Highline Canal kind of runs not right by Breckenridge Brewery, but it's in the vicinity, so. Yeah, and so you can just ride your bike there. 
grab a beer and ride it back. We actually did that. I don't know if it was this past summer or the summer prior. I think we may have done it both. I know we went there for 4th of July, I think two summers ago. Yes. And then last summer, I know we went there at least once via bike Mm -hmm. and had a beer and some lunch. And Mm -hmm. it was glorious. It was glorious. Just prepare yourself, though, that... If you ride your bike there, you have to ride your bike back. Yes. So if you're going uphill with a beer full, or with a beer, with a belly. Yeah. (laughs) It's a beer full. A belly full of beer and food might be a little difficult. It hurts. But worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. Totally. I mean, it's so fun, quick and easy to get to. So highly recommend if you have not checked out Breckenridge Brewery, if you can get to the right location in Breckenridge, obviously we recommend that because that's the original location. But the location in Littleton is very accessible if you're down in the Denver area, yeah. and it's it's awesome. I think that that's the location that I've been to the most. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever have been to any of their to their Denver locations when they were open. Mm-hmm. But obviously, we went to Breckenridge Brewery when we were up in Breckenridge a couple of years ago, and it was cool. Yeah, I think the farmhouse location is. I would maybe prefer it. Just in like the amount of space, the amount of food and the beverages available. I mean, I'm sure the one up in Breckenridge has the same amount of availability as far as beverages go. Mm -hmm. But like the space down at the farmhouse location is just really inviting. It's a nice place to go for like a beer after work or in the middle of a Saturday when it's really nice outside to go sit outside Mm -hmm. on their in their giant lawn. They have games like cornhole and oftentimes they'll have like live music and that kind of thing as well. So mm-hmm. definitely just, just a cool vibe, a cool cool place to check out. And especially if you haven't really ventured down into the Littleton scene that much, I would say Breckenridge would be a good place to start. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Very warm and inviting. I have never done a tour at Breckenridge Brewery, but yeah, I think either. that should be on our list. In addition to the locations in Breckenridge and Littleton, Breckenridge Brewery also has... A location in a couple of terminals of DIA? Is it just one? Oh, that's a good question. At least one. At least one. Yeah. It exists in the Denver International Airport. And they also have a location at Ball Arena, which is where the Colorado Avalanche NHL team, the Denver Nuggets, the NBA team, and then the Colorado Mammoth I'm not sure what the... All play sports. Yeah, lacrosse. They all, they all play, yes, yeah, yeah. I just didn't know the acronym for... <laughs> oh. <laughs> so sorry. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know the acronym either. Is it? Yeah. They have locations in the airport and then in that arena. So that's another thing that we like about this brewery is that it's very accessible. Yeah. Even even if you're just popping through Denver, yeah. on you have a layover, you could mm-hmm. go visit Breckenridge Brewery and have one of their beers. Yeah. And have that experience and not have to drive to Breckenridge or Littleton yeah. to experience it. Although we do, I mean, if you can get to Breckenridge, obviously we recommend that. One thing we're going to talk about here in a moment is controversial. But I would like to say that amidst this controversy, I think Breckenridge has done a really good job of staying true to a craft brewery vibe. You mean to tell me that Breckenridge Brewery is not a craft brewery? (laughs) So it is, but we can't talk about Breckenridge Brewery without talking about the fact that they were purchased by Anheuser-Busch in 2016. So they are a part of a 
sector of Anheuser-Busch called Craft Brewers Collective, which they also own, and this one's going to sound familiar to everybody, Ten Barrel. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. yeah. I always mispronounce this. Elysian? I think so. Yeah, Elysian okay. or some people say Elysian or yeah. Elysian, but I think Elysian fits. Yeah. Anheuser-Busch, if you're listening to this, please correct us if we're mispronouncing that. They also own Goose Island and Kona Brewing. Breckenridge is owned by them now, and they definitely had backlash for the buyout. I think one thing that impacted that was that in a span of five days, Anheuser-Busch purchased Breckenridge Brewery along with two other breweries, craft breweries. So I think there was kind of this like, we're playing Monopoly and this large corporation is just... Buying up all the small craft breweries and maybe people were afraid that they would buy all of the craft breweries up and the craft beer scene might change. Yeah, absolutely. And it, you know, there's this tone to large corporations versus small businesses in almost every industry. I feel like that's not limited to beer. It's food, retail... There's always kind of this, well, I mean, the term sellout is, you know, what you kind of think of when you think of something like that. The two other breweries they purchased the same week as Breckenridge, one was actually a uh, UK-based brewery called Camden Town Brewery, and the other was Arizona-based called Four Peaks Brewing. So I I found that on an article off of fortune.com. Todd Ursery who, if you remember, he's the president of Breckenridge still to this day. So they're owned by Anheuser-Busch, but Todd still owns Breckenridge. His presence on the Colorado Brewers Guild, so he was a president at the time of the Breckenridge Brewery sale to Anheuser-Busch, it actually caused 14 breweries to break away from that organization, almost in protest, and start their own organization called Craft Beer Colorado. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, there were... There were some angry, upset people. We, I, I don't have the direct quotes, but there was also in that article, it mentioned the backlash that Ten Barrel received for, for selling to Anheuser-Busch. As well. Yeah. But I did find a quote from Usri that kind of put it into perspective for me. He said, and I quote, it's been challenging, but nothing's been forced down our throats other than the mandates that we stay innovative. Okay. So it sounds like Anheuser-Busch at that time, I will say this is from an article in the Denver Business Journal in 2016. So So pretty fresh after the purchase was made. Yeah, Yeah. yep. Pretty fresh after the purchase was made, but it's also been six years now. So I couldn't really find anything that quoted any of the brewers or any, really any public opinion on the, the sell to Anheuser. But... It sounds like they were able to maintain their craft brewery image, their style, their ability to be innovative. Yeah. And they just had more opportunities and stronger funding to do so. Yeah. I think that, at least from my perspective, Mm -hmm. it seems like they have maintained a lot of their, like they, they still feel like a craft brewery. The only thing that I think sets them apart from maybe some of the other craft breweries that we've talked about or that I have a lot of experience with or we have a lot of experience with Mm -hmm. is just that it seems like their ability to distribute is like way above 
most of the other craft breweries here in Denver, yeah. which obviously if you are part of a big company like Anheuser-Busch, you are going to have access to the ability to distribute all over the country, but just like more so than maybe a smaller brewery might. Mm-hmm. But I th- still think a lot of their beer feels interesting and innovative. And when you go to the tap house, they still have like small batch things that they've done or things that are not distributed that you can only get at the tap house that are a little more interesting or a little more innovative mm-hmm. than I would say. Like, like if you think of Anheuser-Busch, like you're thinking of like Bush Light. Yeah, like you're not thinking about kind of the more experimental beers like maybe an IPA or a Christmas ale yeah absolutely and that's a topic that I think we could really go into more depth on in a different episode about you know these larger corporations purchasing craft breweries and how that changes the industry how we feel about it so let us know if you know you know of any of those sales how how you feel about that I mean, it's tough because I can see both sides of it Yeah, where it's kind of damaging to the craft industry. But from a financial perspective, I understand why you would want to make that move. Yeah. So yeah, let us know what you guys think. They have had consistent standout beers even after said purchase. I'll just name a couple of them. The Vanilla Porter, which Yum. is so good. So good. So good. It's... And again, not really a porter stout. Not a, not that I'm not a fan, but I can have like one. Yeah. And I'm good to go. Yeah. But the vanilla porter is super smooth. Yeah. Very tasty. And it's been a classic of theirs. Um, the Avalanche Amber. That's one of my favorites. It's so good. It's yeah. very, I don't, I don't know if I would say it's crushable, but it's very drinkable. Yeah. You could definitely, <laughs> it's definitely a, like one of those amber beers that it's like not too sweet. It's very mm-hmm. smooth. Goes down really easy. So easy to drink two or three and not feel like you're eating an entire loaf of bread yeah (laughs) or sucking on a caramel Uh uh-huh exactly they also have the oatmeal stout the juice drop hazy that's one of my favorites oh it's so good Yeah. yeah if you like ipas you should definitely try a juice drop yeah it's i think they have a couple different styles of juice drop as well yeah yeah yep and it's approachable it's not when we talk about the bitterness it's not super bitter yeah they also have Strawberry Sky, which I feel like every time it's not an IPA or a sour, I'm like, it's not my favorite. But I really, Strawberry Sky is a Kolsch, and Kolsch's are not, they're truly more on the bottom of my list. Yeah. But the Strawberry Sky is so freaking good. It's really good. It's so good. It's refreshing. If you're not really a beer person, I think it's a good option. Definitely. Because it's almost like juice yeah like it's yeah. so tasty but it's not overly sweet either what did you have when we went there the other day was it a rhubarb sour a uh, rhubarb saison saison okay. yeah a saison a saison yeah. um so that was really tasty that was again a small batch yeah. that was new we when we went there so again they're continually trying new things they use some local ingredients. So Palisade peach is made from Palisade peaches, yep. which are grown in Colorado. Yum. In Palisade. I love Palisade peaches. They're so good. It's definitely, you know it's summer when the Palisade peach stands start <sighs> popping up on the corners mm-hmm. here in Colorado. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And that beer, again, is a very 
good option if you're not really a beer person because it's not the emphasis to me is not really heavy on the beer it's more on the like fruit aspect of the beer they were actually a recent winner at the 2022 great american beer fest that's awesome do you know what beer won yeah they won a bronze medal in the american wheat beer category for their agave wheat oh okay so great american beer festival is hosted in denver colorado every i think it's september october so yeah i think it's just kind of borders those two months it's been in september and october some years so that's my life goal to go there me too maybe we'll make it next year and we can record that'd be awesome you know give you guys a live live look or live listen live listen inside of a great american beer beer fest Mm mm-hmm But some other fun facts about Breckenridge, they have collabs with a couple of the sports teams here in Colorado. Um, So one is called Broncos Country. And the really interesting fact that I did not know until I was researching is that the Broncos Country beer is brewed with all Colorado ingredients. Oh, that's awesome. Which I thought was super cool. That's very cool. And then they also have one with the Denver Nuggets, which is the NBA team here called Mile High City. So I don't think I've seen that one. It's, I think it's a seasonal okay. or kind of a special release. It's a... During basketball season? Probably. Which is like nine months long. Yeah. Right? <laughs> a special release for <laughs> three quarters of the year. The Nuggets are always playing, yeah. right? <laughs> Just like the Avs? Absolutely. Yeah. Or the Rockies. Or the Rockies. Which... Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Yeah, that's a discussion for a different day. But... They also have a line of seltzers out called Good Company. I have never tried one of those seltzers, but if you are a seltzbert, please let us know if you like them, how they compare to other seltzers. And one of the really big things and things we like about them is that Breckenridge Brewery gives back in a lot of ways to the community. So they have actually six main organizations that they work with. One is the National Parks uh, Conservation Association. One is Canine Companions, Habitat for Humanity, MSU Breck Brew for Women in Beer Chapter. So MSU stands for Metro State University, which is where Tivoli is located, if you guys remember from last week's episode. Their fifth one is Food Bank of the Rockies and River Network. So so they have a lot of organizations that they support, a lot of, you know, nonprofit companies, organizations that they donate to and can on their website, you can go and request a donation from Breckenridge Brewery. Oh, cool. Yeah. So they have a spot to request that donation. So we're really into breweries that, you know, give back to the community and, you know, help out in any way they can. And I mean, a lot of these organizations, we, I think, speak to us. We love national parks being outside we love dogs for the canine companions so if you are looking for a donation we can post that a link to the spot to request a donation on our website on our instagram yes well so we are working on getting our website up and hopefully we'll be making some headway on that as we enter the new year Mm -hmm. Um, but please stay up to date on our instagram just following us at the beer this podcast it's beer underscore this underscore podcast on Instagram. And then also in the like little podcast description, we'll post a link to that as well here. So you can just click down below. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And, you know, while you're on there, let us know what is your favorite beer to drink around the holidays? What's your favorite Breckenridge beer? We would love to know and and just kind of have a conversation about what you're enjoying these days. Definitely. And especially as we approach the holidays. What's your go-to holiday beverage that you are bringing to the party or that you are drinking at the party, mm-hmm. or that you just have in your fridge all the time that you think we're missing out on and we need to know about. Yeah, because we're looking for options. We're looking for some new options. All the options. All the Always options. Always looking for options. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, at any time of year, but especially during this time of year, we want to make sure you're drinking responsibly. So... Again, we are enjoying these delicious beverages, but we always want to do it in a responsible way. But I think that's really it. That really sums it up for Breckenridge. We hope you guys have a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Holidays, whatever you celebrate. We hope that, you know, it's it's a good one this year. Absolutely. We hope it's wonderful. And I think... I think we're going to plan to see you guys in the new year. Yeah. See you next year. See you next year. (laughs) We are toying around with the idea of making this podcast a bi-monthly podcast, which means you would hear two podcasts a month or one every two-ish weeks, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. If that's something that you guys are interested in, definitely let us know. Again, you can find us at beer this podcast beer underscore this underscore podcast on instagram and we also have a gmail that you can contact as well which is just beer this podcast at gmail.com so if you want to send us an email maybe we'll respond oh yeah if you want to comment on one of our instagram posts maybe we'll respond yeah we'll definitely give you a like and a response absolutely absolutely but yeah yeah We will see you guys in the new year. See you in the new year. Have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season and a safe and wonderful happy new year. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, absolutely. Necessarily. I mean, neither of us studied brew making. (laughs) My dog is currently chewing on her foot behind Amy's head right now. Why? Lola.